Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Shepherd. Elusive man. Fascinating race, the Protheans. They left all this for us to discover, but we squandered it. The Alliance has known about the Archives for more than 30 years, and what have they done with it? What do you want? What I've always wanted. The data in these artifacts holds the key to solving the Reaper threat. I've seen your solution. Your people are turned into monsters. Hardly. They're being improved. Improved? That's what separates us, Shepard. Where you see a means to destroy, I see a way to control, to dominate, and harness the Reaper's power. Imagine how strong humanity would be if we controlled them. Earth is under siege, and you're hatching a scheme to control the Reapers? You've always been short-sighted. Hasty. Your destruction of the Collector base proved that. I destroyed that base because I didn't trust you with the information. This isn't your fight any longer, Shepard. You can't defeat the Reapers, even with the Prothean data. You brought me back because you knew what I can do. I can defeat them. Doubtful. The odds aren't in your favor. More importantly, I don't want the Reapers destroyed. We can dominate them, use their power, harness their very essence to bring humanity to the apex of evolution. With the data, I'll rid the galaxy of those machines once and for all. Your vision is pathetically limited. You were a tool, an agent with a singular purpose. And despite our differences, you were relatively successful. But like the rest of the remnants in this place, your time is over. Enough talk. Liara. Don't interfere with my plan, Shepard. I won't warn you again. Go to hell. Class is in session, and today we continue Mace Effect. And we're here to f take the fight to the Reapers in Mass Effect 3. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university renowned dungeon and game master, contributor for Fandom.com, Gamer Girl Authority, and D&D Beyond, and Malovia Arcanus on Mass Effect Event Adventum, Emily Jacobson. Hello! Welcome, Emily! Oh, hello! How are you doing? <laughs> Sorry! I'm jumping on your words. I'm doing, no, I'm doing good. pretty good. Uh, we just had legendary edition launch so i am yes. quite busy during my doing my playthrough of mass effect one uh definitely 100 percenting it but going pretty fast because i just want to get to two <laughs> yeah i love one but one doesn't let me romance garris and i can't forgive it for that how i, I mean it, at that point is it almost not even worth playing truthfully uh garris best boy uh best guy amen um, but yes, so thank you so much. Speaking of the Legendary Edition coming out, thank you so much again for taking time out of your Mass Effect adventure and <laughs> saving the universe to speak with me and nerd out over some Mass Effect 3. I very much appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Uh, but to get everyone's mind back in the 
mindset of what they might have also been playing the year this game originally came out. Mass Effect 3 initially launched on March 6, 2012 for Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. That was the, uh, it launched March 6th on, in the U.S. Australia got it on March 8th and Europe March 9th of 2012. It would later come to the Wii U later that year. North America got it November 18th, 2012, and the PAL regions got it November 30th, 2012. And some other games you could have been playing at the same time or during that year. Dishonored, XCOM Enemy Unknown, Borderlands 2, Guild Wars 2, Diablo 3, Dragon's Dogma, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Fire Emblem Awakening, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, World of Warcraft, Mist of Pandaria, and FTL, Faster Than Light, just to name a few. So, Emily, were any of these uh, also in your game catalog that year? Uh, definitely Dishonored. Dishonored, I'm a huge, huge, huge um, Arcane fan. And so I've, I've loved, I believe that was like their big first game. And so we got Death, yeah. we got Deathloop coming out the later this year, which I'm really really stoked about. And yeah, I love Dishonored and the whole kind of lore mm-hmm. and gameplay. So that was my big game. So good, so good. Now I'm curious, brief brief side tangent. As you are a big tabletop player, have you tried the Dishonored tabletop RPG at all yet? What? No. There's a Dishonored tabletop RPG. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I have to add it to my list. That in the new Fallout. Uh, one that yes. Modiphius has just announced. I'm uh Ready I'm really excited for the Power Rangers official Power Rangers tabletop RPG this year that's coming out. But I also really want to play Dishonored. I feel like yeah, and this is the time for like a lot of companies to be like, oh let's how do we transfer our property into tabletop RPGs since tabletop RPGs are the big cool thing right now. Yeah, I mean Wizards just announced earlier this evening before we recorded they like D and D's like crazy pulling crazy money and all that so i'm not surprised that tons of companies are trying to how can we adopt our property for the tabletop format but um but yes so there is a dishonored our uh tabletop uh looks really cool looks very cool so but we are here to talk about reapers and shepherds and elusive people and, and little, all that little goodness. weird ghost boys yes yes <laughs> right and uh green apple cherry and blue raspberry flavored things so um so yeah emily when was your first experience with mass effect 3 like by when this came out were you like head over heels in love with the series or did you kind of pick this up later uh so i picked mass effect up later so um 2011 to 2015 i was in college and i was in uh I didn't have a game system with me. I think early, yeah, I didn't get my, I didn't bring the Xbox 360 with me to college, and then my PS2 later on, until about uh, 2014, I think, 2015, 2013 to 2015. So mm-hmm. um, I was in a really competitive theater program. So and I did not have a lot of time for gaming, uh, as much as I had like kind of my senior year of high school. So it wasn't <laughs> until 2015. Uh, I went to the GameStop in Burbank and got really weirdly mansplained by the GameStop employee there, an older gentleman. Uh, but they did have, I, I saw Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 for the Xbox 360. They did not have one. And I had remembered being like, this is a game I've always wanted to play. I never had the chance to play it. Time to pick it up. So, 
I yeah. So fun fact, I've never played through one. So I watched a friend go through one, which is why I knew I wanted to play two and three. So me playing mm-hmm. one right now in Legendary Edition is actually my first personal playthrough of one. As it is for like actually a lot of people I know. A lot of people did not play the first Mass Effect. Everyone kind of dove into two because two was so critically acclaimed. Uh, yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, so I Very dove good. into two and three in 2015. And just immediately fell in love with them and fell in love with this crazy... Because I played... Oh, yeah. I had played Dragon Age Inquisition the Christmas it came out. That was that was, mm-hmm. that was was December 2014. I was graduating that spring. Uh, and I knew I wanted to play Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> uh, before I went back to college for my final semester. So I beat Dragon Age Inquisition in... Uh, I played, put 66 hours into the game. Uh, for six days. So I played 11 hours a day to make sure I got... That was my Christmas break, my senior year of college. Good numbers. I played Good 11 numbers. hours a day of Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> to get through it so I could be like, okay, I finished the game. Now I can finish college. But I love Mass Effect. And then actually, weirdly enough, right after I played two and three, um, I auditioned for the stage show in LA called The Video Games, which was kind of... It was an improv show meets fight choreography so it's basically like what if we put video game characters in the hunger games so kind of like a super smash brothers meets hunger games except it wasn't just nintendo properties it was a bunch of properties and i was brought on in the cast to play commander shepherd uh and so commander shepherd had this really really fun fight with biotics and kicks and stuff so i played commander shepherd and i also was uh daisy from the mario franchise as a host but as a fighter i was paragon commander shepherd and my fight was always nice. with Sheik. And then later on, if I if the audience voted for me to win versus Sheik, which was very hard because everyone's going to vote Nintendo characters over <laughs> other characters. But if they voted for Commander Shepard to move on, then I would get to improvise other scenes with other characters. But I built this whole cool, like, biotics arm set prop that was an LED, uh, it was an LED kind of athletic sleeve. And so mm-hmm. I would, I could activate it via remote on me whenever I was using my biotics, quote unquote, biotics in the fight. Uh, so it was a really, that was a really, really fun experience. And yeah, I got to play Commander Shepard and have fake blood thrown on me in a fight choreography show. Uh, so. Uh, that is super cool. And then, yeah, came on. And then I, a bunch of friends of mine at Hyper RPG, I think two years ago now, were like, we like Mass Effect. We want to start a tabletop RPG for Mass Effect. And make it into a podcast. Emily, do you like Mass Effect? I was like, oh my gosh, I love Mass Effect. So that's where Mass Effect Adventum came from. And we've been doing that podcast, I think, for a little over two years now, which is wild. And that's just been such a joy because we have so many brilliant people on that team. A lot of folks who actually work in the gaming industry. So, like, they're making amazing art and our own custom music. And, like, our GM is a brilliant writer and just, like, loves Mass Effect. So he brings in all these little details in. And it's a blast. If you like tabletop RPGs and like Mass Effect Adventures in between two and three, uh, that's kind of where ours takes place. Uh, I highly recommend it. So cool. So cool. Now, I have to ask, do you wear your biotic sleeve while you're playing? Uh, I don't anymore. I think it's kind of, it kind of pooped out. It got, it definitely was like, I broke my knee around the time of, uh, when they kind of when the when the show send around the list of like, hey, is anybody still interested? We're gonna bring out the show back for another season. Who's interested in still participating? And my knee was broken at that time from an improv show. <laughs> so I was like, I sadly <laughs> cannot participate anymore. And I believe the sleeve is somewhere in my closet. I think just the 
I, I it was very cheap made prop. And so mm-hmm. um, the LED <laughs> strand would definitely need to be replaced. That's the thing that kind of like wore out. But I made the, I forget what the, the visor is called, but it's the one visor that's like you can get, I think in three, possibly two, where it has like the one kind of lens over the eye and it wraps around the head. I, I used to hand make cosplay props a lot more. And so I handmade that prop out of like an old pair of headphones and built foam around it in a headband. And then I also, I, it wasn't for Commander Shepard, but I built Samus's pistol for the Samus in the show out nice. of like foam. So that's something I actually want to get back into is building cosplay props. But uh, yeah, now I just have the Omni tool. I'm turning around looking at my stuff. Got the Omni tool. I've got the really cool Legendary Edition helmet. And then, yes, I did buy the Bioware Garrus statue on the day it was announced. You had to. You had to. I love him. I love him too much. He's so good. He is like he's the in best my opinion, romance, the best in, character. Oh my gosh, hands down across any game, any game. Not like Dragon Age can't even compare. Garrus is top tier, best character, best romance option in like the whole. I guess like yeah, like lexicon of romance option in gaming. He's so good, and like the whole Archangel thing from two. Oh. Oh, so good. So Just fun. so many good, so much good stuff. Uh, but yes, uh, for me, I by this point, I kind of really got into the series uh, back with Mass Effect 2. Like, I, had, it took me a while. I didn't really get into Mass Effect 1 the first time I played it, leading up to all, with all the hype of Mass Effect 2. I went back and replayed it. So by the time Mass Effect 3 came out, I was like, oh, heck yes, I am ready give me this game now. So I remember picking up day and date. It came out and just being amazed because of all the hype around this game was incredible. Uh, that's, that's the one thing, especially starting with two and then three, just how nuts the publicity for these games were in this game specifically. I remember. Um, but just the idea of all my choices that I've made coming to fruition and seeing how they pan out or did I make a good decision or bad decision it uh such such a special game uh, Mass Effect 3 is it's unbelievable I was just talking with um one of my other uh writers at Geek Girl Authority the other day cuz one of our one of our other teammates jumped in the video game slack and was like hey should I pick up Mass Effect Legendary Edition? And of course, her and I are like, yes. Um, but yeah, because she's played Dragon Age. And we're like, it's kind of like Dragon Age. I'm like, but it's really not. Because Dragon Age, mm-hmm. you're different characters every game. And there's some choices you make that do affect the rest of the game. But I don't think we're ever going to see. I honestly don't think we're ever going to see anything like the Mass Effect trilogy ever again. Especially a game like Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 can be so vastly different depending on what you did in 1 and 2. I know it sounds wild, mm-hmm. but yeah, what you do in one and two, who survives, what, like the whole thing with the Rachni queen, that's such a weird thing from one to have an yeah. impact in three. It's, it's wild. I don't think we'll ever see a game where like you have a character that carries over from all three games and those relationships mm-hmm. carry over and those choices carry over to create a unique narrative experience that is, that is both universal yet personalized for every gamer i don't think we'll ever see anything like it ever again which is a shame but also how beautiful what a fantastic encapsulated experience yeah it it was such a great game to sit around 
and just talk about with friends. It's like, oh yeah, uh, in this I went to this planet and X thing happened, and someone could have a completely different situation happen or never see get a scene or a video depending on their choices from previous games. And you you put it perfectly. It was such a mass appeal game, but each player's experience in this world was so personal and so unique to them that it really did make it special. And they're re- and I agree with you. I would be very surprised if we got a game so like a trilogy so connected with one another um where your choices do go from the first game into the third game. Um yeah, people it's special. People, my friend was like, "Well, what about the new Mass Effect that's in development?" And I'm like, "It I don't think the choices from 3, the individual choices from 3 will make mm-hmm. it into whatever this new game is. We don't even know what this new game is." We have no idea. I'm yeah. I'm still mad with how they hand they're handling uh new Mass Effect. Um just in terms of they really should have not talked about it until Dragon Age 4 came out. Agreed. Agreed. I think they're they're trying to be like BioWare, we're back. Everything's back at BioWare. Uh and so yeah, to me I'm like especially like I said, being a big Dragon Age fan, uh, putting yeah. 11 hours a day into Inquisition. Uh, it's It's been a very tumultuous reading all the different news about Dragon Age 4 over the past couple of years, especially the fact that this game has been started, or has been restarted at least three times. And so, yeah, I remember back during the, I think it was like two years ago during the Game Awards, they did this whole Solus teaser for Dragon Age 4. Yeah. And we didn't hear any news for over a year and a half. And then finally mm-hmm. last year, we got like a new trailer narrated by uh oh gosh my boy Varric uh who should be a romance <laughs> option in games uh agreed he's so great he's very close he's very close to Garrus he's very Garrus energy he's so close to being like a very he's very Garrus type but they don't let us romance him uh but I'm still weirded out by dwarf without uh facial hair but Varric is a very very good he's character. stunning he's so smart he's funny he's he's very handsome I love him um uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's just I think I think BioWare is just really trying to like oh, you want to keep an eye on us. I know dropping a I could not believe that Mass Effect trailer. I think you can actually find a clip of me on Twitch on mm-hmm. Great Bree Tom's uh G R E A T B R I T O M his Twitch channel. I literally fall out of my chair when I realized that that announcement is a Mass Effect announcement. Like mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. It was completely unexpected, but yeah, I think it's like it's cool that you announced it. I think this is going to be a thing where we're not going to know about what this game is for another five years. Uh, exactly. But I, I cool Liara, Shepard question mark, the future Andromeda question mark. We don't know. And so um, I really, I'm just much more like right now, especially after Legendary Edition. I'm like, great, check that one off the list. Great job. Uh, time mm-hmm. to go to Dragon Age Four, seeing what that yeah. does. Yeah, the fact that we didn't get we ha- we still haven't gotten any like legit gameplay of Dragon Age Four. I think them doing the tease of the next effect is just like stepping on the toes and not giving Dragon Age Four its due. Yeah, like let like I'm a big Dragon Age fan as well. Like I love this. I love that series. I love the fantasy. I love the lore and everything. So seeing that, it's like we already knew that Mass Effect was going to come back. They had already teased that that they were working on. It's like mm-hmm. cool. The, ma- the series isn't dead. Awesome. 
that's good. But let us focus on Dragon Age. Yeah, and then, let's give our fantasy child some love. Fantasy child's having a little bit of a hard time. Sci-fi child doing great, has been doing great. <laughs> a little bit of a hiccup well, there. But fantasy yeah. child, where we should be putting our energy into. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful. I honestly just hope Bioware is still around to finish the next Mass Effect. <laughs> I think, it, 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 I is, honestly is think that Dragon Age 4 is going to be... Like, Legendary Edition, it's mm-hmm. going great for them. Awesome. That's great. But Dragon Age 4, I think, is going to be the make-it-or-break-it release for the future of Bioware. Yep. Because... Hands down. Because Anthem, they already kind of... Scra- they were going to restart Anthem and then scrap that again. And so, Dragon Age 4 is... Dragon Age 4 has to be good. If that isn't happening, we will not see this new Mass Effect... A hundred percent. EA, knowing EA, yeah. EA will be like, all right, we're done. Uh, <laughs> since they have a, a really nice will... habit of shutting yeah. down studios, EA. <laughs> I think it would be we wouldn't see Bioware attached to Mass Effect. Gotcha. Oh, you think another, you think I, oof. I think that I will cause see... a lot of drama. I, I think, like you said, it will depend a lot on Dragon Age 4. Mm-hmm. I think between the hiccups that was Andromeda with that launch and all the issues that came with that and then Anthem and and everything. If Dragon Age 4 doesn't knock the socks off of everybody and do gangbusters, I could see Bioware shuttering or EA shuttering Bioware and giving the Mass Effect license or the work that had been done on Mass Effect to another one of their studios. The only studio, here's the thing. I wish I wish EA had done with uh, Bioware with what they did with Respawn, because Respawn yes. came in and like because I worked with I worked with Respawn during the launch of Titanfall two when I worked for Mountain Dew and their Twitch channel. I love the Respawn folks; they are so nice. Uh, and Titanfall yes. two is one of the best games. It is so good, so good. Please play Titanfall so two if you haven't already. <laughs> it's great. Um, it's it's on sale like every other week. It's ridiculous. Go pick buy it up. that yeah, game. Buy it. <laughs> but um. When 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 EA required respawn, I remember kind of being like, uh oh, oh no. But EA has not had a big hand in what respawn or controlling what respawn does. It feels like mm-hmm. I don't know from the inside, but it seems like respawn was like, we got Timefall two, yeah, we'll do, okay, we'll give you, hey EA, we'll give you your loot box game, but we're gonna do it by our rules. And you get you get Apex, mm-hmm. which has been really really a very successful game, Star Wars. Narrative Star Wars game that Respawn knocked yeah. out of the park. Fantastic. I, I wish because if you go back and if you read specific articles about Dragon Age 4's development, there mm-hmm. is a lot of telling evidence that EA has had, was kept trying to have a very uh, affirmative hand in the development of that game. At one point, Dragon yeah. Age 4 was going to be an online multiplayer with like loot boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, ah, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and so I guess with that, I, I wish Bioware had received the same treatment. It seems kind of like EA was very much like, you're going to build a new game for us, and it's not going to have romance options. And yeah. we're, we're not going to let you put your, your big teams on the continuation of your most popular franchise. I think that's just wild. So yeah. I, I wish that's how it kind of worked would have worked out. But on top of that, if anybody had to take on Mass Effect, I would trust it with Respawn. 
I don't yeah. want it to get there. I hundred percent don't want it to yeah. get there. But if Same. if we had there had to be an EA studio that I think would take care of it, I think it would be respawn. I agree. I agree. The respawn proved to EA again that single player games can still sell like fucking gangbusters and yes. do well. And that it's almost and with Apex's surprise success, like EA was like yeah, just throw it out there. I don't care. Uh, and then it doing so well. It's like, okay, maybe we should pull back and just let the developers do what they're really good at and not have a big hand at it. Mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that that mentality that was set and shown by Respawn, ha- I'm hoping does, like you said, get extended through Bioware and just let them get back to really, really good RPGs. Yes, that's all we... like. Nobody does it like Bioware. I get that not a lot of the original team members are still there, but I trust that there are there are, there are some few that have been coming back, mm-hmm. and I trust that there are enough there. So you have you got you got enough of the veterans mixed with enough people who love these original games and have chosen to work for Bioware and like want to be a part of the studio that can really make something truly special if given the creative control to. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh. But Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 3. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Mass Effect 3. Uh, So, Reapers, giant space squids, giant space robot squids. Uh, Pretty nifty. Uh, Super great. Super crazy opening to a game once again. Yes. Mass Effect was like, hey. Okay, this is also two spoilers for anyone who has not played two or three. Please go play it and then listen to the rest of this podcast. Because, of course, this is going to get into spoilery territory. Yes. Two. Hey, what if we killed Shepard? <laughs> what if we started the game like that? And then three was like, okay, what if we just took out the earth? What if we just like killed everything mm-hmm. around? Sh- it's like, um, be- the start of three is, is very close to the start of two. And just kind of like, what factor? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's just I like, am a huge sucker it. when narratives either like kill the main character or like they lose. Like, that story beat where shit is going bad for like the good guys. Mm-hmm. I am all for it. Um, and them having to kind of regroup and deal with everything that's going on. Big sucker for that. So yeah, seeing the earth being attacked, seeing it uh, like sending the boy off on the escape ship and everything at the beginning. It's um so good. And then having to kind of rebuild and, regather everything for this one final push mm-hmm. uh against the reapers it's it's so good it's 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 pretty it's very it's definitely very heavy where because yeah. it's like the stakes are unbelievably high ever you're doing you're doing so much in three you are fixing the geno the genophage you are saving the universe from the reapers mm-hmm. you're deciding if the geth should get like uh Atomity. Atomity. Or if they should just die. There is so much. You're deciding the fate of the of the Turians and who gets to be Primarch. It's it's so wild because it's like, yeah, not only are you saving the universe from like, oh yeah, and you meet a oh you meet a gosh darn Prothean. He's been frozen, mm-hmm. but now he's your renegade buddy. Uh it's um yeah, it just it's so crazy. Like, there's so much serious stuff that happens in this game. I think that's why it kind of took a lot. It's not as many people's favorites. I mean, I still mm-hmm. love two because I think two really balances. Yeah, it's a suicide mission. 
but you're doing all these missions around your crewmates and you're getting your crewmates together and you're really building this family so like because of how good you build your relationships determines how successful you are in the suicide mission uh three is like a lot of people are gonna die <laughs> you're just like okay yeah. <laughs> but also a lot of these huge 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 events happen and so it isn't very it doesn't there are some light moments but i think that's where the citadel dlc mm-hmm. absolutely like you can't have three without that dlc because that dlc is such a love letter to mass effect in general and just really gives you those moments of levity that lightness but yet there's adventure and just the connection with all the different characters you've met along the way knock on wood that are still alive with you um yeah. In such a beautiful way. So I think if you are going to play three, you definitely have to also do the Citadel DLC because it's like, it's, it's your salty and your sweet. you got to have both. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the Citadel DLC. Cause I am, when I get to three in the legendary edition, it will be my first time <gasps> playing the Citadel DLC. Oh my DLC, gosh. So. It's like, it's arguably one of the greatest best. It's like, it's been hallmarked as one of the best DLC ever developed across the board, not just for Mass Effect, but just all time. I'm looking so forward to it. Good. You, you so, sold me, Emily. You sold me. Basically, <laughs> sorry, I keep laughing about it. Um, there so, must be some really good jokes in it. I'm I'm very excited. Some good one-liners, some good puns. It's just the, the setup is like, hey, Shepard, the universe is going to hell, but I'm Captain Anderson, and I have this really awesome apartment on the Citadel, and I need you to go use it for me so my wife is happy that someone's using it. So you're on shore leave now with all your best friends. Uh, go hang out in this super awesome apartment and just have fun. Like, it's so wild. It's just like you go dancing with characters. It's super fan servicey. Like, there's characters that make omelets in your kitchen. Like, it's so funny. And, like, Tolly gets super drunk because her body can't handle alcohol. And you go, like, shoot... Like, you go do fun, like, a goofy bonding thing with Garrus on the roof. And it's just, like, or you can go dancing with him in the club. And there's a casino. But then there's also, like, the plot of the DLC, which it's, like, I won't give it away. But, like, why is Shepard being hacked? Oh, my gosh. Who is it? What? So, it's, it's real-world Mass Effect. Yes. Like, the old MTV real-world. Yes, they're all. It's real dark. world mass and you get Citadel. to like you get to go on like little you get to have these really personal moments that are just like not linked to oh my gosh hey tolly uh yeah i have to decide the fate of your species like legion's super cool i kind of want him to live but if I let him live, your whole entire fleet's going to die, and then I'm going to have to watch you commit suicide. Like, it's that, but it's, it's like, hey, Tolly, we're going to have a really awesome heart-to-heart as you sit here drunk in my bathroom because you took you drank too much, and your body can't metabolize the alcohol you had. This is great. And so yeah. it's such, like, it's definitely a palate cleanser. You're supposed to kind of do it towards like kind of in the middle of three there i remember Mm. there was a mod that came out later that made the citadel dlc essentially like an epilogue which kind of makes sense but also kind of doesn't make sense uh i would be i would have been really curious to see what that mod did i never used it but um Mm -hmm. it's just it's such a sweet if you if you're someone like me and just love the characters that this series gives you throughout it is such a sweet, like, 
just oh my gosh just getting to, like what fantastic writing and character work that really like these you ask anybody and they can tell you off the top of their head like who their favorite mass effect characters are or who they romance because like those characters are so well written mm-hmm. that they they le- they they constantly have a place in our hearts and on our minds yeah i uh all i can think of now is i really want to edit together like an old real world 90s tv intro but throw in clips and the characters from mass effect oh my gosh it it you could do it and that would be the citadel dlc the plot of it is really really fun i won't get into it but um but yeah it's 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 a pretty fun plot too that kind of involves Shepard in a very unique way that you'd really don't you kind of like you kind of think about in two you're like huh well if, Mm. if if cerberus did this could they do it again uh and so that kind of plays into what the, the plot of the citadel dlc is That's aside so from cool. going to casinos and going it's dancing like, with garris yeah man it's like we'll deal with genocide later but first jello shots basically <laughs> it's so funny it's like the reapers are attacking earth but shepherd come party with us we're all gonna like at one point they're dancing in a circle and I forget who it is, but they start reciting the periodic table and it's just it's Tolly and somebody Morden. else. It's no, it's not Morden. I think uh oh. I don't think Morden's in this DLC. I don't think he can play it where he's in the DLC. I need to double check real quick. Oh, that's unfortunate. Cause he, he belts out that sick tune uh in Mass Effect two. I figured he'd be up there doing karaoke. Oh, Oh wait, that's right. He he. Uh oh no. Regardless of what happens to him, he will not be president in the Citadel DLC. I voice. Bummer. Are we gonna talk about our choices now? Yes, yes. of course. Speaking of Morden. So what's your what's your uh, story? What's I've, your, what's your I've cast? I've always your, had your Morden cure the genophage. Mm-hmm. I've I've always had it. I've never gone against it. And it's just such a nice ending for his character. I think it is such a it's a fantastic arc and ending. Yeah. So I definitely always do that. I mean, my team is always Paragon. Um, I never have Ashley because Ashley, uh, I didn't have Ashley in my my Mass Effect Two playthrough. I knew mm-hmm. enough about her that when you get to the loading screen, if you haven't played ME One, and it's like, well, who did you pick? Uh, I'm like Caden, 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 Caden. <laughs> Not <laughs> Ashley. Uh, so I've never had Ashley. I've had Caden. But I was always surprised that you really did. There was not a Krogan in the crew or the, one of your squad members of Mass Effect 3. You definitely do missions with Rex and Grunt if they are still alive. Mm-hmm. But in your, like, out of the people you can put on your crew, it's pretty, mm-hmm. like, pretty human. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was really surprised that there wasn't any Krogans in that last game. I was kind of bummed. I mean, I love Garrus and Liara yeah. and Tali. I love my main three. Those are my main three kind of throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I've always had Garrus in my party. Like, I have to have Garrus. Uh, in Mass Effect 2, I rocked Garrus and uh, Thane just because Thane was a Thane. badass, too. And I love it, Thane. So cool. And his, uh, his role in Mass Effect 3 and that whole story made me very sad. Gosh, um, yeah, they do so so much sad stuff in Mass Effect so, 3. So there's, there's, there's a lot of heavy, sad points now that i think about in mass effect 3 uh 
but no i so i played garrison thane and two and then in mass effect three i was garrison uh tolly mm-hmm. were the ones i took with me um what is your class what are you always what is your shepherd usually um usually i believe i went infiltrator I went infiltrator. Same. So I always try to put, um, because of that, I always try to put a, a biotic on my team, which is why I'll usually mm-hmm. put Liara. Uh, yeah, Liara. Um, because I'm like, I need one. <laughs> I need one biotic yeah. to help me out, to give me some throw and some pull and some stasis. But yeah, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll have a sniper rifle. Garrus will have a sniper rifle. And I'm like, this is great. I love this. We're on a date. This is perfect. Yeah. I, I did i i'm even like in uh like dragon age i always loved being like the distance archer or the Same. sniper in games so give me a pistol and a sniper rifle and i'm set uh so that's that's the route i like i love to go um in these games but so when someone brings up mass effect 3 to you like what is mass effect 3 to you like what do you think of what moments from the game stand out to you definitely the beginning what a what a fascinating beginning uh i always kind of laugh thinking about <laughs> shepherd's ghost boy visions it's just like it's <laughs> i know what they're trying to yeah. do but it's just kind of it's still a little weird and it's just kind of goofy mm-hmm. sometimes um definitely morden solving or M- morden doing the genophage that's always a big moment for me mm-hmm. um do, 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 do what else oh yeah saying goodbye to garris for the last time it's it's so rough it is unbelievably rough and it's just like that whole ending is it's very beautiful ending it's a very sad ending i think it's the ending it's the ending you don't want but it's also the ending that you do want because it's mm-hmm. like it makes sense shepherd survived so much during this whole thing and like depending on what you choose like shepherd is quote unquote technically alive but still like kind of like this reaper construct construct kind of yeah. ethereal thing and so it's like man there's no possible way for shepherd to ever be with garris but it's almost one of those things where it's like what a what a beautiful thing they had while they had it kind of deal i look mm-hmm. at it like that and that to me is like such beautiful storytelling because yeah, it's like you want your shepherd to make the ultimate sacrifice. If Shepherd lived at the end of this, then we would have had Mass Effect Four, where Shepherd would have ultimately died. Like I don't think there's ever there would have been ever been a plan for Shepherd like, quote unquote, not to live. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like Shepherd, Shepherd, they kind of set up from one. Shepherd's this kind of anomaly who's just like this really good soldier and who gets you you touch the Prothean artifact and you're kind of forever marked and mm-hmm. then two happens and you're you're resurrected. And all this craziness, uh, and or rebuilt. Are you real Shepard? Are you still yourself? That's the debate. And then three is just like all cards are on the table. I think because so many characters sacrifice for Shepard, like you saying Thane. The Thane arc is beautiful and just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, when Thane when Thane fights the assassin, it is so cool. That whole combat sequence is just stunning because you get yeah. to see like you get to see Thane's best. And then his death is just like the moment. Oh gosh! Oh, I'm gonna start crying now. You can't. You can't play Mass Effect Three without tears. I am a hundred percent convinced. Think puppies. Think puppies are cute things. It's just like the moment when Thane's son is like, yeah. uh, that prayer was not for him. It was for you. And you're just like, oh uh, no, you can't you do- leave. Why'd you, you do that? Oh, stop that. Leave. Oh. 
think, yeah, in the moment with, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Miranda. No. Is it Aria? Was she the, the, um, ah, oh gosh, what's it called? The Justicar. The Justicar. Samara? Samara. The whole point, the whole stuff with Samara too, where she's like, you have to stop her from killing herself. Uh, and basically like the whole thing of code versus, yeah, what do you do when your code is broken? Do you commit to it or like what happens? And it's just, mm-hmm. just, there's so much heartbreak in that game and it's, it's beautiful and just touching. Oh yeah. And the whole thing with the, the Rachni queen. Yes. That's an unbelievably insane mission. Like, and also too, what happens to, to grunt is depends on like a not only your choice but b how loyal he is in the mission and what you did in two and so i remember playing it the first time and like seeing him jump over the edge with all those rachni i was like no 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 and then Mm -hmm. oh gosh i'm gonna cry again the moment where like in my run he did survive so the moment he comes stumbling towards shepherd and is like covered in blood and is like i need something to eat i was like (laughs) weeping i was like i'm so glad you didn't die because like Two was so stressful mm-hmm. for me. Two, I was like, I did consult an online um, guide because I was like, nobody's dying here. I will not let myself play this where somebody dies. I mm-hmm. refuse to let anybody die because I like went on every single side mission. I did everything. The Normandy was souped up. Everybody was like really cool with each other and um, like the best. Like I was super paragon. And I was like, I am not going to let one dumb choice I make kill someone on this team. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think it's that was what was so hard, I think, about threes. Because in two, you really fight to make sure in that suicide mission, no one goes down. Uh, yeah. And it just, it's it's what's heartbreaking in two is that you start to see all these. Yeah, you either have to kill, you, either Legion dies or Tali dies. It's, it's, I mean, both die in one instance, too. But the Geth do gain, like, sentience. And freedom from the Reapers. But I think it's just... I think that's why, like I said earlier, 3 is not a favorite for a lot of folks because it is so heavy and because it's like a lot of mm-hmm. character death that you can't really control uh, in some instances. And you also, too, like... It's a it's a decent... It's an okay squad. I think the squad from 2 is still the best. I think it's such a nice, yeah. diverse group of characters to choose from. It's so much fun. Uh, that it was like a shame that, yeah, Miranda really didn't was in a part of your party. Um jack wasn't a part of your party like i said there's no krogans that are part of your party i like james and i like kaden but i would have easily traded out them yeah. for other aliens <laughs> yeah agreed agreed uh now did you play the multiplayer at all back when this was out on the 360 or the old, the original versions i unfortunately did not i did not have xbox live on my 360 so i was and i also didn't have anybody come over to my apartment <laughs> to play the multiplayer with me because i only had one xbox controller so i sadly uh, i've heard so much about it i've heard so much about it i've heard like especially from all the um mass Effect Benton peeps they're like emily the, the multiplayer was so good it was so good it was the best part of that game it was fantastic and i really wish i could play it that's kind of i was i was definitely bummed when they didn't bring back the multiplayers in the legendary edition but if you think mm-hmm. about it from like a server perspective, it a hundred percent makes sense. They're not going to boot up old servers to run these uh, yeah. these multiplayers. Yeah, 
Um, I, I played it a little. I didn't have that crew to play with. It was definitely one of those games where it was it would be really fun to play with friends, but mm-hmm. I never really... It never really grabbed me playing with random people, but I would be down if they did invest the time into uh, adding it to the Legendary Edition at some point as DLC. I would be cool with that. Um, oh, if they were like, hey, we're working on this and it's eventually going to come... I think everybody would be like, yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now I have to ask. Mm-hmm. Back, back, way back when, when this first came out, the big controversy. What do you think of the original endings? What is your ending? My ending was Shepard sacrificing themselves and like, merging with the reapers to stop it all okay i believe let me let me double check there was the red one which set shepherd sacrifices himself and basically blows up all technology yeah there is blue where he becomes basically reaper god and kind of commands all of the reapers to go away and then there was green that kind of merged organic and machine inorganic into a single like new stage of evolution i think is what it, what it all was i weirdly yeah i either i either did the blue or the green i weirdly can't remember cuz mm-hmm. 3 was not a game i replayed uh yeah. 3 for me it's so emotional it's very much like one and done i was like okay i'm going to go over here and cry cuz gareth and i it's like it's over it's that it's that yeah. bittersweet feeling of when uh like when you finish yeah. reading a book and you're like oh it's over yep. um but yeah i definitely chose blue or green i definitely remember that i just i'm never red i never do renegade uh uh-uh. uh can yeah. never i can never pick i don't punch that reporter i don't do anything i never can do it <laughs> but what about you what did you pick uh i went blue um where i basically just became the hive mind and just had all the reapers go away um that was my main one i remember having a save right before the ending and then checking out the green. Cause I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing how everyone turned out kind of halfway machine, uh, real people was kind of interesting, but yeah, I went blue. Um, I was, uh, I'm always Paragon. Like I, I, even if I go into an RPG, it's like, okay, I'm going to try and be a bad, like a hard ass asshole this time. And I, and I can never stick with it. Um, so yeah, I definitely Paragon, um, but it was seeing just the idea and kind of touching back upon what we talked of earlier, just all the crazy monumental decisions Shepard makes just in the story, whether it's killing an entire race between Legion or, uh, Tali, uh, the all the stuff with the Rachni queen throughout the games. And then this game literally destroying the universe's method of travel. Yeah. It's just like, it's a lot for one person that, to decide. That's a lot for one dude. I was just, re- I was just looking it up. I did do the control ending. So I did do blue, mm-hmm. which was uh shepherd kicks control over the reapers. And so Sur- shepherd surrendering their human form to kind of be like shepherd, uh, uh reaper mom so i, I might my, my, yeah. my shepherd did become reaper mom and stop the reaper attack i think to me to me i think that narratively made the most sense especially to if you yeah. like 
if you think in your head like about Mass Effect 1 and you're like, oh, Shepard touches the Prothean artifact, it's almost like that was the future for Shepard the moment that happened. Like that mm-hmm. was the the ultimate ending for that character. Yeah, I did. I don't think I did green actually. I think I did blue. But yeah, it's just this this game. Yeah, there's a lot of choices. Like yeah, Shepard is just like you know what, I. Commander Shepard, depending on, too, like, what background you picked, like, if you were on Earth or if you're in the colonies. Like, I remember my Shepard is always um, always the same. Paragon, infiltrator, uh, born on the colony, but orphaned because of a slaver attack. And then uh, survive, was the last survivor of, uh, I forget what fight it was, but that's the, that's the Shepard that I build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, like, a little much for, like, one human being to be like, I think I'm going to merge all organic life and machines. Yeah. I think that's the new process of evolution I, a human, have decided. <laughs> and I get or- it, Shepard. Shepard does a lot of stuff. But, yeah, being, being like, especially in 3, you decide if a race gets, like, their uh, their procreation back. You decide if yeah the Geth live or if the um, the Corians live. Mm-hmm. It's it's so wild. Yeah, it's just like there's so much in control. Like Shepard's in control yeah. of, and you're like, if I was Shepard, I would be like, I have generalizing. I already have generalized anxiety disorder. I feel like Shepard has some kind of generalized anxiety <laughs> disorder at some point because it's just like too much, too yeah. much. I'm already I'm just a specter, please. Like I know I'm a Spectre and I can do a lot of stuff, but this seems extreme even for yeah. that. Does anybody else want to have a chance at making a decision here? Do I? It's just me. Okay, okay. Uh, you yeah, sh- so- sure, Anderson? You sure? Huh? Yeah. Hey, hey, really? Joker, I'm happy You to- want to come be Commander Shepard for a bit? You you here. go with Tolly and you go with Legion and you decide which lives. Uh, right. I'm gonna go sit here and look at my space fish. Yeah, I'll wear the hat. <laughs> And yeah. sit in the pilot chair and talk to a, uh, my robot AI girlfriend. And uh, you can decide what races live or die and if, you know, every spacefaring race can still travel. Yeah, you know, let that live on your conscience. We'll just, we'll, we'll swap places for a week. How about that? You know, Freaky Friday, all that stuff. And I honestly, I think that's why they made the Citadel DLC why, what it is. And I think that's why so many people like it. Because it's like, it is that kind of... that sigh in the middle of Mass Effect 3 where it's just like heavy mission, heavy mission, heavy mission, friend dying, friend dying, friend dying. Time to go have a party in my (laughs) cool apartment. Woo! Let's go to a casino and I'm going to have a sexy dance with Garrus. Woohoo! Here's the ending (laughs) of Mass Effect 3. And so it's, it's, yeah, you're on quote-unquote shore leave. But I think that's why it's 100% why they made that DLC what it is. And I think that's honestly why so many people love it. Because it is that needed breath of air to, like, yeah, it's just Shepard being like, uh, can I please just, like, relax? Can I just, just, can my decision just be if I want a strawberry daiquiri or a pina colada? Can I just have that for, like, one day? One day. I just beg of you. I didn't ask for this. I'm just a specter. (laughs) I'm not, like, the council. Man, that would give, oh, I can't even imagine just, like, having those responsibilities. And honestly, having lived through 2020 and everything in these, these this past nine years, humanity is stupid. So I, I wouldn't trust humanity, even oh, the no. entirety of humanity with decisions like that, let alone a single human. 
I thought this was going to be a thing that brought us all together, and gosh darn, it did not. So <laughs> it's it's definitely sad. But, I mean, it's it's games like Mass Effect that are kind of yeah. like uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead. I remember mm-hmm. the first time I was playing Telltale's The Walking Dead, and there's that first that first kind of episode, or I forget what it was, season, uh, the first one. You can kind of scoot along doing middle-of-the-road choices, which is a very Emily thing to do, um, <laughs> for, for a good amount of time. And then the game literally kind of is like, I see what you're doing. Nope. You have to choose between one of these two people right now. And you can't you can't do anything else. And it's those kind of choices where you're like, ah, uh, that is just so stressful. And I think, but that's also really cool and personalized narrative storytelling because it's like your choices do affect the game and what happens to these characters later. And that is something in um, Adventum, our GM loves to remind us of <laughs> how <laughs> impactful our choices have been. And we, like, gosh darn, we go in places, we try our best, but wouldn't you know it, uh, something always happens. So uh, I mm-hmm. think that's what I think what people love so much about Mass Effect is that, yeah, it's like, you are, it's such a unique game in that, like, you are playing as Shepard, so everybody's, everybody is like, oh, Commander Shepard, I know Commander Shepard. It isn't like Skyrim where it's like, oh, do you know my cool character, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Khajiit, uh, but, um, Khajiit has wares if you have coin. If you have coin. Uh... Elder Scrolls 6, give me the announcement, Bethesda this year, E3 2021, Xbox, please. Uh, so back to Mass Effect. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like everybody is Shepard. So it's that universal thing. But it's also so personally different because it's like mm-hmm. if you're Paragon or Renegade, who say who you saved, who died, what side quests you did. Because gosh darn it, if you don't do certain side quests, you can't do certain things later in the game. Or even in 3! Uh, it's wild. Sometimes I'll look back at missions being like, how do I make sure I am really successful in this? And it's like, uh, in order to get the best ending, you have to make sure you did this and this weird thing in one and two. And that will apply to three. And it's just unbelievable. So mm-hmm. if you're someone who like 100% the game does every side mission, you will do pretty good in Mass Effect. But there be warned, go. if you don't do every little thing, it may have consequences. <laughs> So I'm curious, how many races uh, or species of aliens has your character in the tabletop uh, doomed to die? Oh, gosh. Um, We definitely, uh, there was like a tower, I think, of Batarians that accidentally got blown up because... uh, we were trying to hack uh, somebody was trying to hack something and they accidentally blew up the tower or <laughs> we turned the tower to be a target for Cerberus instead. That was pretty bad. And then uh, our, our a GM now has had to be like, it's really cool. He has basically simulated the galaxy map. And so we can pick different missions for our team to go on. Uh, but each of these missions has a timer on it. Mm-hmm. So, if you so like the mission we're currently on right or the mission we did previously was a heist. We had to go to this uh, kind of a sorry collective, really cool advanced world, but that was also like it did not like the Citadel, so it was separate from the Citadel, so it did not mm-hmm. have Citadel protections. But it was like we're cool. Um, we had to go to this planet. We had to basically pull a museum heist because um, like national had, were, treasure. Who is yes. Nick Cage? Yes, uh, I wish, but it did not go out that way. You'll just have to listen and find out what happens. Can't wait. But um, but try to pull off a heist because there's all these different artifacts from all these different species that uh, we work for essentially like uh, an elusive man type, but it's like a third organization that is like, hey, 
uh, we think these Reaper things are coming, and we're going to get the heck out of the galaxy. So um, we're, that's, like, kind of the organization we work for in this game. So while Shepard is over off doing their thing, we're, like, getting ready to leave because I don't <laughs> think we can survive this fight. Uh, so it was, like, we had four sessions to do this heist. The fourth session, it was the end of the fourth session, and wouldn't you know, the Reapers show up. So now we know is if we don't do a game, if we don't do a mission within the time that our GM has set for those missions, I think he also did it too. Cause like we'd, he would be like, this is going to be a pit stop. 20 episodes later, we're still in the same place <laughs> because we're all chaotic, weird alien people that like to go into bars and get drunk. Um, because it's, t- it's still tabletop RPG. And we're like, I'm going to go over here and do this. Cause this sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like we've learned that if we don't do missions within the time frame. Something bad will happen, and it most likely rhymes with Eepers. Uh, so, uh, which was just, like, so fun and also terrifying at the same time. Because in the video game, you can, like, you can pretty much, like, take down husks pretty easily. Tabletop yep. RPG, not so much. You can't change the difficulty of a tabletop RPG if it gets too hard. Uh, so, but we have a really nice, fun little crew. I play, of course, I gotta be Infiltrator and all I do, so I play a Turian agent which is just really fun. Uh, they're also, it, we use the Mass Effect Roll20 book. It's not like the official Mass Effect mm-hmm. RPG book, but it's a really, really great PDF. Um, and they, they give Turians the lowest charisma stats, which is very funny because wah, my wah. Turian has, likes to do charismatic things. And so um, <laughs> it causes a lot of goofiness. And there's also, weirdly enough, something I have a beef with this RPG manual, just with the manual, not the mm-hmm. creators, just with the manual. Uh, there's no romance uh like skill set there is no rules in that book for how to romance people which i think is such a i think people forget that romance is such a big part of mass effect and especially it's a Mm -hmm. really big part of mass effect for a lot of people a lot of folks are are easy to dismiss it but romance is like everybody's talking online about how much they want to date garris don't tell me that the romance elements are like not important i think they're so like everybody loves the romance options in mass effect so i thought it was so funny that this rpg game does not have it built in so our amazing gm has gone ahead and just been like okay it's gonna be a diplomacy role um which is kind of like makes sense if you think about it it's kind of what you do in the game uh but yeah that's my one beef with the rpg i'm just like come on please but uh oh yeah i I just did a one shot you can listen to it right now if you if you just want to hear something goofy or you can watch it on our youtube channel mass effect adventum i gm'd a all krogan one shot (laughs) called oops all krogans where it's five krogans on a mission because we also do uh our podcast uh our amazing producer naeem he's also a technical genius and so he actually gives us all the voices he modulates all of our voices to match those in the game so i sound like a turian our krogan sounds like a krogan our salarian sounds like a salarian uh it's it's so fantastic and so it's just all these krogan people doing krogan voices and krogan voice modulators just all talking at each other which is exactly why i wanted to do that session because i thought it would be so goofy um so it's a hoot it's a blast uh and if you know me and my other video games i love you will definitely see the references to those in (laughs) that episode uh but yeah i mean i think i think that's what's so i mean is you look i looked i saw somebody reacting to the end of mass effect or if you roll credits on the legendary edition and um that's where i'm gonna get emotional they thank all the fans mm-hmm. and they thank all the podcasters and uh we had mark Meir come on an episode 
And we've also found out that there's some uh, people who worked on the original games who like our podcast. And so to me, that is like just so special and so cool because it's like, thank you for creating this amazing world for us to play in that like we want to keep playing in and that we love telling stories within. And it's just like, I know they meant so many people in that thank you, but it just like, just seeing that, just reading it, it was like, no, thank you. Thank you, Bioware, (laughs) for for creating this to begin with. But it really means a lot when you, when you know that like uh, folks listen to what you do. Cause like, yeah, we don't want to make money off of this. We were just like, we love Mass Effect. We want to keep playing in that world. And so it's what a great, what a fantastic year to be a Mass Effect fan. Oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. this is such a great year. And I and it's so much fun seeing all these people getting into the game now. I saw a tweet that killed me over the weekend. Someone was like, Hey, Seth Green is in this game. And I started yes. laughing so hard. Cause it's just that reminder of like, yeah, there's so many people. It's unbelievable. There's there's like baby gamers, people who were not born during that time or who did not who were not at the age of that time to play those games and just people who like just passed over those games for unknown reasons. And so now it's like, it's, it's remastered. They improved some stuff in the first one. Thank goodness. Um, Mako is still goofy. Uh, but, but how fun to see, it's been such a joy to see people rediscover playing this game for the first time and talking about it. I think that's my favorite thing. Uh, I need to go on Twitch and watch more people playing it for the first time. I think, uh, especially two, when people get mm-hmm. to two, that's when I'm going to start watching. Because it's like, welcome to the best. <laughs> that's and so three, cool, And three, though. and just going to watch people cry. Yeah. That's so cool, though. Uh, you, no, just you talking about um, the reaction and reception and uh, speaking with people, the thank you, it it was, it does mean a lot. And it is a very special series. Um, and can't wait to see all the new content and fans that this, this legendary edition um, spawns creates. A whole, it's a mm-hmm. whole new generation of players. Um, but I'm curious, what do you hope for the next Mass Effect? Like, what would you want to see? What is your ideal Mass Effect for? I mean, five. Ooh. Mass Effect five. Yeah, five. Um, that's tough. I think, I think Mass Effect's core, it's got some great gameplay, no doubt. And planet scanning. I love planet scanning. I think it's a hoot. Um, but, um, I think at its core, it is all about relationships. So for four, or for five, uh, this next Aspect game to really grab me, especially if they're going with this whole, like, if it's like an older Liara telling the story of Shepard and recruiting, like you play as like a new recruit maybe, or maybe like you are a Shepard clone or we don't know who you're going to play. But um, gosh, if they show old Garrus too, but Garrus doesn't live that old. Liara's the old person who can live that old. But I think it's just for me, this next Mass Effect game, same with Dragon Age. It has to be, it has to be relationships. Two is great because it's relationship driven. And because of those relationships in two, that's what makes three so impactful. And the Mm -hmm. Citadel DLC so much fun. Mass Effect is built on narrative and relationships. And, um, and it is because of those relationships, you either survive or you don't, uh, which I think is a really, really important message for everyone in general, especially during this year, is that the importance of human connection and relationships and those around us, it's, it's always going to be important. 
And uh, I think that's what this next game needs. It doesn't need, I don't need next-gen graphics. I don't need, please don't just, also don't bring back the Mako. I please just don't. Uh, <laughs> but Or if you do, just make it a little heavier. So it's not like such a wild thing to just throw yeah. out over, over cliffs. But yeah, I think this next game just has to be so fantastically relationship and narrative driven. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, hopefully it will be I all mean, I'm of those just, things. I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at, we, we looked at, uh, you pulled some from around the webs on reddits and it's, it's all of these. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, I really liked the, <laughs> I really liked having the assassination ability that I could pull up in my wheel and use during combat. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the last time I talked to Tali and interacted with her. Oh, here we go. There is no shepherd without Vicarian, so you better remember yeah. to duck. Like, it's 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 those moments, and yeah. I think like I'm such a big narrative gamer, and mm-hmm. like it makes me so sad when people were like, narrative games should be should, should, we should not go into narrative games, or like narr- like we're gonna see the death of narrative games. Like, no, like games are such powerful and a fantastic storytelling yeah. devices, and there's nothing that exemplifies that more than like Mass Effect. Like, yeah, it's just it's this this game is such a beautiful but like a heartbreaking ending that mm-hmm. like I don't think you can get through yeah. three. I challenge anyone to get through three with a dry eye. And if you do, I will send you $20 on Venmo. <laughs> like it, it's impossible, especially if you've played all three and you're connected with these characters. Cause they are your friends. You've gotten to know them and they're your crew. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with dragon age four. I think just from what we've kind of gotten, mm-hmm. it sounds like we're going to have a collection of the characters from one through three. So origins two and inquisition, uh, in this, it sounds like dragon age four is going to be the final one. Just kind of what they're ramping it up to be in mm-hmm. soulless. You silly, silly egg man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dread wolf. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm curious to see, what Bioware takes from like essentially because like Mass Effect three and puts it into four yeah and just kind of like this essentially finale of a game we're going to Tventer the world is ending Solus is basically like I'm gonna rewrite it here we go <laughs> and so that's what we're, we're setting up that plot and so I think from like the, what they've seen of like fan art or or I sorry not fan art apologies uh, concept art mm-hmm. it looks like I think there's yeah a few characters from two that are returning in three or in four and course characters from three and I think some characters from, from origins. Uh, and it was so, I mean, that was, that was what was fun about seeing Hawk in three, but I don't think there's anything that will ever be as impactful as playing one single titular shepherd yeah. throughout all three games. And then having this kind of ending that mass effect three gives us. Yeah. It, uh, it'll be, it'll be an adventure. Like you touched upon, we aren't the only ones that love Mass Effect 3. So we are going around the web. First up, we have user Mikester245 from Reddit. They say, Watching Shepard leave the Earth for the first time and seeing the kid get on the shuttle. That shit ruined 16-year-old me. Just watching this badass hero unable to do anything after two games of him being unstoppable. I was pretty nuts seeing it for the first time. Yeah. 
It was just, yeah, 100%. This person who, like, especially after two, just surviving a suicide mission and then being like, I can't save everyone. That is the most heartbreaking realization, especially, like, in a video game like Mass Effect. And to start off on this note, like, it sets the tone for the entire game. A hundred percent. It's basically like, you can't fix everything. You can't save everyone. That's that's the theme mm-hmm. of, of three. And it, yeah, it gives it to you right then and there in just the most heartbreaking beginning. Mm. Uh, yeah. A mega Good from Reddit says, the moment after making the final choice, I remember setting down my controller, knowing that was it, the piano begins. Watching the beam that connected the relays, the fight on Earth and the resolution, just feeling the sense of finality and achievement. It wasn't until later that I learned people were unhappy with the ending. I hear why people were disappointed, but in the moment, to me, it mostly worked. I mean, I think that's like, I think people are sad because they're like, no, I want, I want Shepard to keep going. I want to mm-hmm. play more. But gosh darn, if, if cinema and other video games teach us anything, it is so much better to have something that has an ending than yeah. something that just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And what a finale. Like, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's definitely one of those games where you do just have to set it, set down your controller and just kind of process what you just witnessed. Like, what just happened, how it resolved itself. And with games like these, you mentioned it earlier, it's like with books or any good game, it's that impending sense of not dread, but sadness as you get close to the end of a really good game. Um, For me, especially with RPGs, it's like you love the experience, you love the characters, and you could be so excited to see how it all ends, but at the same time, you will never have that fresh, never-played experience again with a game. No matter how much you love it, it's like, it's sad. Like, I get really bummed out after I beat a really good game, not because I didn't like it, but because I will never have that experience again. That sense of discovery, of realization, of the plot twists, of my expectations being blown out or being spot on. And the more sad I get, the, the better game it was. But it's like, wow. It is It is a beautiful, like, bittersweetness. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, I just, uh, over quarantine, I read Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, which is a fantastic duology. If you love kind of fantasy steampunk and heists, it's very, very fun. It's actually uh, one of the series that these Shadow and Bone Netflix series is based off of. So if you've watched that series Ooh. and you see Kaz, Inej, and Jesper... They are from the Six of Crows books. Read those. They're the best. They're the best books in the... Don't... You don't have to I will. with Shadow Moon Trilogy. I- just watch Six... Just read Six of Crows. Because, yeah, as soon as I got to the ending of that book, it was like... I cried. Because it was like, oh, there's no more I can read with these characters. I love these characters. I love this yeah. journey that I went on with them. But how thankful I am for this journey, how wonderful it was Mm -hmm. that I got to experience this fantastic book and this piece of media and that I got to treat myself to this new story. And so, yeah, like the end of Mass Effect 3, I get why people are being frustrated. It's like, I don't want Shepard. Like, I get it. Nobody wants Shepard to die. Nobody wants 
these adventures to end. No, everybody wants like, oh my gosh, in my dream it'd be like Shepard goes off and marries his Garrus, and maybe they do adopt Krogan kids. I don't know. They have a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not that. And I think it's this kind of beautiful, like ultimate sac. Only Shepard can be the person to pull off this ultimate sacrifice. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. It's because like you, you, it was you. It was you the whole time playing yeah. Mass Effect. You, it wasn't like Bio, it wasn't like Bioshock Infinite where you're playing as Booker because that's Booker, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like Skyrim where you're playing as like somebody you created. No, this was a person that you were like you were also Shepard. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so bitter. I think that's why it, it can be hard for some people, but also sweet for some people. And it's like, oh, my journey has ended. Yep, completely agree. User born to be wildish from Reddit, they say. When you're in the Rachni cave, trying to battle your way out, you send Grunt to cover your ass and tell him good luck. His reply is, I don't need luck, I have ammo. For all the great moments in the game, I love that simple line that's so completely perfect for the character. I love Grunt. Grunt's good. I love all the characters, especially like in 2, because you get to spend so much time with them in 2. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's so special. Especially like Grunt, you basically like help him grow up to. He is like your adopted son. Yeah. <laughs> that you help grow up to become a big boy Krogan. Especially when you meet him on this Rachni mission, you're like, "What's going on with you?" And he's like, "I I became a fool." Like depending on what you do and depending mm-hmm. on where he lives. Um. He's like, I became a fully recognized Krogan in Krogan society, and you're just like, "I'm so proud of my son. <laughs> Look at him go." <laughs> he graduated. Uh, he grew, he grew up so fast. Uh, but yeah, just that moment. Oh my gosh. Especially like, I think I mentioned this earlier in that cutscene where, yeah, he dives off the cliff with the Rachni. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I made the right choice. He's dead. I, I don't know what I did. I killed him. It was so rough. But then, yeah, depending on what happens, uh, he either, either comes back covered in blood or doesn't. But um, yeah, just what a great, I think, I mean, it's the same thing for me with um, Morden's line. Had to be me. Somebody else would have gotten it wrong. And you're just like, these final lines for these characters are just like mm-hmm. these beautiful possible goodbyes, but also just the summation of who they are. And I think all these characters become better depending on their interactions, or, or worse, I guess you could say, if you're a Renegade Shepherd. But if yeah. you're a Paragon Shepherd, I think all these characters become better because of you. Yeah. Alright, I'm going to need to read the next one, and I am going to cry. Uh, <laughs> just because I know how it's starting. Uh, user Tatter uh, Demalion Elect from Reddit says, The way Garrus and Femship romance said goodbye. It starts with Garrus's optimism. We'll kick them back into whatever black hole they came from. And then he talks about settling down somewhere warm, tropical, and mentions the possibility of starting a family. I was ugly crying throughout it all. Then there's there's no shepherd without Vicarian, so you better remember to duck. Really drove home that after three games and way too many hours spent getting lost in the universe and loving the characters, it was all about to come to an end. E- uh, uh, also, a uh, very close second was Legion's end. Perfect way for him to go, but it still broke my heart. Like, yeah, and it's just, like, we as the gamer know the game's ending. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep crying. Garrus doesn't know. You can only hope Garrus finds out what happens to Shepard. Or like the whole crew. Yeah. I'm sure they understand that probably Shepard made a very, very big sacrifice. But yeah, it's just what fantastic writing. 
what fantastic voice acting mm-hmm. to bring these characters to life and to make them so memorable for so many people. And to expand on that, what a fantastic art form and medium video games are. In mm-hmm. doing this show, and I know I've touched on it on a number of episodes before with um, comments like this and memories like this, it's these games resonate with so many people and players and touch and pull and tug on the heartstrings and such vivid and passionate memories are associated with these games with these characters with these stories that they're so special and it's such a special medium to be able to experience to be living in an age where we can experience these um and just how meaningful and helpful these can be for people to get through tough times or to deal with situations in their life or just give them a a fantastical escape um, when they need it. Uh, Yes, like, I'll I'll tell this story. Um, Like I said, so I was playing Mass Effect right after I graduated college. I am originally from Houston, Texas. I went to college at Chapman University in Orange and then moved to Burbank because I had already lined up an internship at an improv theater. So I had, I was starting to make some friends, but I didn't have a lot. So for me, Mass Effect was that connection mm-hmm. to, to characters that I so desperately needed. And after someone who like, college was a really, really bad time for me relationship wise, a lot of bad things happened with relationships with me in college. So to find a character like Garrus or Carrion, who just like, is like is not only like your love interest but also like it's like i have your back who's just like yeah, yeah. there is no there is no shepherd without vicarian uh it was just like it's just so i think everybody yeah feels has a personal connection to this game in some kind of way i was listening i was watching the um the voice actor panel that was on saturday morning uh and jennifer hale talked about how a fan had reached out to her and she had had a stroke and her physical therapist told her, well, the, one of the best ways to get control of your hands again or to get movement back into your hands is, like, gaming. So pick a game that you really want to play and, like, learn the controls really, really well and just keep replaying and replaying that game. And that person picked Mass Effect. So Mass Effect helped this uh, person gain control of their hands back after a stroke and also offered, like, that kind of companionship after something like that, mm-hmm. which you're just like... Oh my gosh, you guys! Video games are so great and fantastic. I'm so tired of this whole demonization of video games that always happens yep. every couple of months from the government. You don't understand. I love video games. Uh, I love them so much because I think I think yeah, I think video games are such a beautiful yep. art form that is that a lot of people underestimate. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love I love Bioshock to the world and back. And Bioshock to me is one of the greatest narrative games of all time because that twist is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mass Effect is also Mass Effect Two is also on my list because of those reasons. Same with Red Dead Redemption Two. My gosh, <laughs> whoa, that is such a you want an air you want an emotional roller coaster of that game. Oh boy, just and I and I and I hope we keep seeing. I'm, I'm sure we will. I just hope we keep seeing these delves into like these amazing stories using using video games to tell such important and personal stories. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Next up, we have user Van Hoon from Reddit. They say, 
The first time I fully played through, I played a military kit. My headcanon was that Shepard's relationship with her mother was strained, cordial at best, which reflected my own thoughts and opinions on family in general. So the moment you get a call from your mom, and she tells you how proud she is of you, I lost it. My mom never really took pride in my work, until I became a winning horse out of my siblings. So to have your, sh your Shep's mom acknowledge all your hard work and be genuine about it was a gut punch I wasn't expecting. I still get teary-eyed just thinking about it. I didn't know that happens. What? That's what yeah. happens if your parents survive and if you're like an Earth kid? Apparently, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, I mean, I just yeah. did something, something in Mass Effect in ME1 because I was like, because I was the child of like, I picked the shepherd path where it was like, you lived on a colony and slavers came and killed your parents mm -hmm. and you were kind of were the only one that survived and you kind of joined the army after that. We, um, I had a thing where like I had to talk down this girl on the Citadel who was uh, basically someone from my colony who had been captured by the slavers at the age of six and was like had uh, Stockholm syndrome, mm -hmm. and she's like threat. She like holds people up and is like threatening to make suicide and stuff. And in Shepherd, you have to talk her down and just go through those experiences that you've both had together. And so I was wondering when I was playing it, I was like, oh, what are the other options? Because I'm sure you don't get this mm -hmm. if you pick the other Shepherd paths. So I mean, just knowing that that is the Shepherd relationship with like the mom. If you're if you had parents that lived, if you weren't like the sad D&D rogue like me yeah. <laughs> and you chose dead parents. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh man. That's... What was your, what did you, do you remember your shepherd backstory? Um, I was a colony kid. I, yeah, I definitely didn't have a, uh, I didn't have parents. I remember that much okay. and I believe War Hero was my, uh, was my go-to pick. Colony kid, yeah, was that the War one? Hero. I forget, because, yeah, there was, like, one... I forget the third option, but, yeah, in the war one, it was, like, you're either... Oh, Survivor of a Coos, that's what it's called. You're the lone survivor of a Coos, the war, uh, mm -hmm. the Coos battle. And then there's also the Renegade one. It's, like, you believe in doing everything at, at, at any cost. Yeah. And I was, like, that's Renegade as heck. <laughs> no. No. I'm going to make a sad shepherd. Thank you very much. Uh, and finally, we have user Skyrocker58 from Reddit. After finishing Mass Effect 3, I realized there was something I had missed, something I needed to do. I went back to the beginning and made sure that I romanced Tali. I really felt that the computer-generated character, I really felt that this computer-generated character really loved me. So in Mass Effect 3, the last time Tali and I interacted, her reactions were gut-wrenching to me. Wow. I kind of was waffling on getting the Legendary Edition, and this thread pushed me over the edge. I'm definitely getting it now. Ah! Yes, and also mm -hmm. speaking of that, if you know the weird story about Tali and the photo of Tali yes, and the Mass Getty Effect image. 3, they fixed it. They did. They did. They fixed the weird Getty image, and now it looks like it's hand-drawn. It looks a lot more like Tali. It's not some sexy lady in a sunset. You <laughs> just they gave three fingers to. Um, it actually looks like Tali. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love the fact that like this user was like, I played, I went back to the beginning and I replayed it to make sure I romance this person. Uh, yes. 
I don't, yeah, I don't know if I can ever, I don't know if I can ever replay three or one as much as I replay two, but just cause three is like, it's like playing, uh, the beginning and the end of the last of us for me. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh, every time I start to replay the last of us, I'm like, Oh no, that's right. I have to go through the beginning again. Yeah. The up, the up level of mass effect. <laughs> Um, the whole I mean sorry of the, the last of us and you're just like Ugh. the whole game is the beginning of up It basically is like oh my gosh way to go naughty dog. That was a rough time, but um yeah. But yeah, like it I love that that like so hearing that a player was like I went back and replayed it Just to make sure I romance this character because I felt like I was missing this relationship in this connection or I just wanted to see what would happen and it really hurt me. So yeah, I think I think a lot of people, I think what's what's really telling is that it's stories like these and it's personal, like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is predominantly for big, weird, goofy, alien loving nerds like us yes. who've played the originals. It's definitely like, it's definitely a love letter to people who played it. But also the, they don't have to market this thing to anyone else. You know why? Because we are doing the marketing yep. for them. We are coming out and we're saying, this is the best game of all time. And I have a personal relationship with this game. And this game changed me as a person. And other people are reading that and being like, wow, maybe I should play this game. And that that's it. That's It's it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I would love to be on Bioware. There, this is such easy money. Yeah, everybody does the marketing for them. They don't yeah. have to do too much. Exactly. It's like, well, Cause like, there you go. You've been asking for it. Here it is. And then we're all like, I love this game. And then people see like, wow, you're only tweeting about Mass Effect, <laughs> Emily, for the past two days. <laughs> uh, A, are you okay? B, should I really play this game? Like I was in, um, I was in my friend's Discord today and I was in their video game, uh, their video game room. And someone was like, I'm thinking about picking it up. And I'm like, do it a hundred percent whenever you have like because i think this person was saying that they needed to finish building their pc i'm like get it because you will not regret it nope if you see all these other people saying that they're enjoying it do it or if you want to get a feel for it go watch someone play it on on twitch i think i might actually like eventually because i just got a brand new pc which what i have mass effect on i know very fun very fancy um I think after i go through this kind of personal playthrough for myself and just during a time where my life's a little hectic right now I eventually want to like play Mass Effect, either upload it to YouTube or or do it on Twitch, where it's just like, yeah, come, I'm gonna come play this game with me because I just want to like share this experience with other people because I think it's such a fantastic game. That's all I want to do is just share it with other folks. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent, definitely should. Um, but thank you everyone who submitted your favorite moments and memories. Uh, we always love hearing about it and reminiscing with you about these wonderful games. As always, down in the show notes, you'll find links to the subreddits where you can share your own favorite moments and memories from Mass Effect. And of course, if you're just joining the Mass Effect series, I can't wait to see your first impressions of the game as well. Now, let's say after you've heard Emily and I gush about this game and the others, of course, you're wondering where you can get it. Well, we're here to help you with that as well. 
first off, you can pretty much, as at the time of recording, because the Legendary Edition just came out, you can pretty much find it anywhere, be it digitally or physically. Uh, digitally, the Legendary Edition is, which includes all three games uh, of the Shepard trilogy. All three games, all DLC. And DLC. For only $60. It's a, a heck of a steal. Heck of a good steal. Heck of a good price. Uh, for $60, that's available on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation 4. Also playable on your PlayStation 5 and Series X and S, all those. If you want to play the original version of Mass Effect 3, for some reason, maybe you want to play the multiplayer. Uh, You can pick that up on Steam for $29.99 digitally. And you can also find it on, if you want to get the physical version, the, it's not all that pricey. You can get it ranging from about like $5 to $10, depending on your platform, uh, just the loose disc. Um, it could be about $15 or $10 to $15 uh, complete if you want. And then you're looking at probably 25 to 30 It's looking like, according to price charting, if you want a new sealed version of the original version of Mass Effect 3. So get on that. Now, let's say you've successfully acquired a copy of mass effect 3 and you want some tips or advice to play the game well we are here to help you with that as well so emily what tips would you give to new players with mass effect 3 all right listen up so as i'm sure you've heard us say you definitely want to play through one and two uh with those two under your belt it really helps three feel like the finale it is Uh, You can really experience the combat of Mass Effect 3 in one of two ways. One, you can craft a team that's balanced. So we talked earlier about uh, having a biotic on your team. So like each each character has different skills, but there's kind of they break down into like biotics, engineering and just kind of heavy combat. So you can either craft a team that's balanced, i.e. like you want a biotics, a heavy hitter and an engineer, depending on your shepherd's build. Uh, Or you can just craft a unique team or and you can craft a unique team based on your own experience. Or if you're like me, uh, you can just totally have the story and characters drive your squad decisions. So like as Scott and I both said, we both like having Garrus in our group no matter what. Right. But there may be certain missions where either a character is either required or they may offer specific dialogue because it is something that pertains to them, uh, which is really, really cool and really, really unique. So that's the kind of gameplay that I lean into, but you can do it any other way. Uh, another, like, uh, do, 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 what else did I want to say with that? My overall tip is just like, make it, make this your story and your adventure. I think that's my biggest tip. Uh, Mass Effect is amazing because it will always be different to all of us. We become shepherds. So make this game yours. And I'm going to piggyback off of what, uh, that last point Emily said, um, take your time with this game. Just experience it take it at your own pace don't try and rush through explore interact with your squad mates uh do side quests just live in this world because as emily has said as i've said as um those that submitted memories have said the moments of this game will strike a chord with you especially if you played the other games just enjoy this final ride and yeah, just just take your time with it. It's it's a special game that deserves the time commitment.
So we are on to one of my favorite moments of each episode, the monster of the week. Emily, what enemy are you throwing into the arena this week? This week, I'm throwing in uh, a nasty bit of Reaper tech, uh, a very terrifying transformed foe known as the cannibals. Excellent. Yes, these cannibals are frontline reapers that are like corrupted batarians. Uh, they are part of the reaper faction. They are organic, organic, excuse me. They are armed with an automatic arm cannon, and they have the frag grenade and cannibalize abilities. They have decent amount of health, and you'll find them and encounter them, excuse me, on Earth, Manet, Mahavid, uh, Namaki, twenty-one eighty-one Disponia. Tuchanka, Utaku, Lessis, Thessia, and Horizon. Uh, and their the gun they hold is held in place by the corpse of a human uh, by a human corpse that serves as its arm. So it's very, very gnarly. They are slow, they are large, and they can't really dodge, so they're pretty easy targets. Um, but hurl a uh, incinerate at them or use some incendiary ammo and they should go down fairly easily but these are quite the ugly suckers mm -hmm. for me it's like it always kind of always going to go back and forth between what's more terrifying an enemy that moves at you really fast or a nasty looking halt like maul of an enemy that just lurks at you slowly <laughs> and just slowly comes towards you and so for me, that's why I picked cannibals because they are just, oh, they're so spooky. Yeah. And yeah, they eat the corpses of their fallen. Ah! Pretty gnarly. Not part of gnarly. a well-balanced breakfast. Mm -mm. Uh, That is going to do it for another episode of RPG University. Emily, thank you so much for coming on and nerding out with me tonight. This has been such a fun time. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been really, really fun to talk about Mass Effect again and like cry yeah. about Mass Effect 3 so much. <laughs> I'm going to be such a wreck when I get to it in the Legendary Edition. Ugh. I know, I know. Uh, but so, uh, this has been so, so fun. Uh, but... More importantly, where can people find you on the internet? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away. Totally. Uh, the best place you can find me is on Twitter at frankly underscore Emily. That is where I share all of my recent uh, articles that I write or videos I produce. Like I said, like uh, Scott so wonderfully said earlier, I write for Geek Girl Authority and I write for fandom.com. I even wrote about why Mass Effect 2 is the best of all time. Uh, you can find those articles that I share on my Twitter along with the episodes of Mass Effect Adventum uh, and kind of any other of my goofy game takes. My my goofy Mako tweet is is <laughs> racking up some numbers, which I'm very proud of. Uh, but yeah, that's the best place to find me and to find out what I'm doing. And like uh, Scott said earlier, if you like Mass Effect, if you like tabletop RPGs, do give a listen uh, to Mass Effect Adventum and be sure to join our Discord. We'd love to see you there. Perfect. And yes, all of you should be sure to follow her and check out Emily's stuff. It is spectacular. Uh, but 
thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.